Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the box out. It's been quite a while. Um, I'm slightly sick, so uh, excuse my voice. Um, the NBA season is about to start, and I have a guest with me, Lasha. Hello, Thanks for being hello. here. Thank you for your uh, And we're just going to talk about the upcoming season, rank the teams. But first, what we're going to discuss is obviously the blockbuster three-team trade. Sending Damian Lillard to the Bucks. What What are your thoughts? So I think Lillard trade is one of the biggest trades that had has happened about five years. I think because Tmain is one of the best point guards in the league right now. Um, and I think the combination Tmain and Giannis is ridiculous and it's unstoppable I think and they have great chance of winning championship not once not twice so I think if Dmain and the Giannis compete good they have great chance to win multiple championships that's what I think about the Lillard trade do you, do you think this makes the Bucks the undoubted best team in the NBA yes for sure for sure because uh, I was watching Lillard for about six, seven years, and he's one of the most underrated guards in the league. And I think Lillard has a great chance of winning championship with um, Giannis. And a lot of people talked about uh, him, a uh, bad player because he hasn't a championship ring. And that's, I think, that will change soon with Giannis helping him. So I think it's very good trade for both sides. It's three sides, by the way. Oh, yeah. The uh, Bucks, uh, Blazers, and the Suns. The Suns mm, got Grayson Allen and Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, and the Trailblazers got DeAndre Eaton and Drew Holiday, along with a few picks. Uh, what I don't like about this trade is what the Suns have done. They pretty much, what they've done is traded, Nurk- uh, traded away Eaton to bring in Nurkic and not... M- not much improvement in defense for the team that desperately needs it. I think the obvious the obvious winner is Milwaukee here, and this just solidifies them as the best team in the league. Again, as you mm-hmm. said, capable of winning multiple championships. Obvi- obviously, the Damon Giannis duo is by far the best duo in the league. But something that a lot of people have been glossing over is how well the Blazers have set themselves up for the rebuild. They obviously yeah. have a great young, uh, young talent, which they weren't letting go while Dame was on the Blazers. And there was this big talk about, obviously, Dame being traded to various teams. And um, part of the reason, I think, why they haven't had much success yet is there hasn't really been decisiveness until now, whether... whether to go into win-now mode with Dame or go for a rebuild. Now they've made the decision, and I feel like it's a great one, and I think they've won the won the trade as well because, yeah. obviously, they have Scoot Henderson, they have Shaden Sharp, they have uh, Anthony Simons, and now they have an experienced point guard, defender, distributor, in Drew Holiday, and obviously a former number one pick, Aiden, along with multiple picks. So I think the Blazers will do very well 
also in the long run, but but I don't really like this trade for the Suns mostly because they haven't they haven't improved a lot, and in the process they've uh, they've allowed the Bucks to actually get Dame to pair with Giannis. Yeah, but I think Nurkic is still good player for Suns, and they, he will help them. I think. You mentioned that you think I I agree with you as well. You uh, you mentioned that you think the Bucks are the best team in the league after that trade. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the other teams that they uh, you think can compete with them the best? So, for sure, Denver is number one. My opinion, because Joker is one of the best players in the league right now as well as Giannis, but I think Nikola Jokic is playing better in playoffs than Giannis this past few years. Um, and uh, why I think Denver is uh, number one after Milwaukee is because Jokic can ball right now. He was having fun with his horses this summer, so he's fully recharged and he's able to play ball again. And I think it will be a great competition against both of these teams. So we will see who will win this championship. But my uh, my personal thoughts about uh, this championship is that uh, Milwaukee will be the number one and they will win the championship this season. Mm. This actually does set, uh, set us up nicely to go on to what the main part of the the episode is, and it is the ranking the, all the teams into a tier list. Yeah. Uh, we have the top tier, which is a contender, which we both agree that Denver and Milwaukee are in. The second one would be has a shot where where would be a lot of teams that can definitely win it but aren't the favorites. Then we have good, we have mid, we have bad, and the number one pick candidate. The first question I want to uh, ask yeah. you about this tier list is so we obviously have decided that Denver and Milwaukee are in the top tier. Do you think that Phoenix should be on the top or at the top with them? So Phoenix is a very interesting team because they have D Book, who is one of the best small forwards right now. Small forwards, sorry, uh, shooting guards right now. He's really, really good player, but. The combination, uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, I think this season will be better because they had uh, they have more time to train together, to think together, and I think they have better chance of competing in, against those two teams, Milwaukee and Denver. So uh, I think that Kevin Durant is still one of the best players in the league. Um, he needs some time to... Uh, play with the team better, but I think Phoenix should be in the contender league, uh, contender least, and I think they have great opportunity to win this championship. Something you haven't actually mentioned is also uh, the Bradley Beagle trade, something that was obviously oh, made yeah, yeah. much earlier in the offseason. Uh, I'm not too sure how I feel about the Bradley Beagle trade because we know He's a scorer first. He is a shooting guard. He has averaged 30 points per game in a season multiple times. Has been in the he's scoring great, title race. Yes, as well. 
but I don't know what the direct uh, what direction the Suns are actually taking because uh it's going to be a very weird fit since they have two shooting guards and no yeah, true yeah, point guard that is on the level of either of those three guys so they will have to decide between which one, one is of, better <laughs> yeah between Booker and Beal both amazing think, sc- scores to run point forward and Book will play on sh- uh, shooting guard. Uh, I, that's my opinion about them. Their starting lineup, I think so. Uh, that's that's definitely probable. We know that Booker has been for uh been in the team for a longer time. Stayed with them uh, when it was a very bad team, when it was a lottery team, and he's definitely have he definitely gained that respect and that recognition for that in in the Phoenix Suns organization. Uh, but I, I'm not too certain about how successful that strategy will be. I I like all the talent that is on the team. Obviously, we have Bull Bull as well. We have a, a lot of great Eric shooters Gordon, off the bench as Gordon. well. Eric Gordon, Yuta Watanabe that they've added from Brooklyn this offseason as well. Yeah. Uh, but mm, mm, two things stand out to me for the Phoenix Suns. One definitely is lack of defense. Uh, they said, obviously, going back to the Dame trade, they said that they wanted to replace Aiden. We know that. But they said they wanted to replace him with a more defensive-minded center, which is a very right idea. They definitely need that. They definitely need that presence on the front court. But the trade was for Yusuf Nurkic which we know that is not that defensive-minded. It's even arguable if it is even any kind of improvement for the Suns on that side, on the center side, trading their number one pick away as well. And mm, it's a tough one because Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, both not known for their defense. Kevin Durant, significantly improved, but not still not a top-tier defender. Bull Bull, even... Some players off the bench, even TJ Warren, one of the scorers off the bench that we haven't mentioned. It looks like they're just going to go all in on offense and not only offense, just scoring because they, we mentioned they don't have a true point guard that that's on the level of those people, or those players. So it's going to be quite interesting to see yeah, if yeah. some of these players make a defensive leap, more younger players, some role players as well. If Yusuf Nurkic has transformed into himself, maybe done something similar to what Brook Lopez has done for Milwaukee, which is yeah. also another uh, reason why I feel like Milwaukee is a favorite and something that people have looked over. Uh, but it looks like they're going to go all in on scoring and they're going to go all in on winning now, winning in the new future. Since obviously Kevin Durant nearing the end of his prime, Bradley Beal nearing the end of his prime. Devin Booker still got a lot, a lot of years, but a lot of the core of that team will not be there or will not be at their strength in a matter of a few years. Yeah, I agree with you. So to conclude, where would you put the Suns? Would you put them in contender or would you put them in having a shot? Um, because there is a Kevin Durant, I will put them in the contender. And I will not let them. Yeah. 
Obviously, yeah. you still can't ignore that duo of uh, Booker and Katie. Like, what, whatever happens, you still have these absolutely amazing scores on your team, and anything can happen. They can just take over a game in a matter of minutes. But I would put them at the bottom of the contenders here because I don't think uh, they aren't as surefire as either the Nuggets or the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, let's go for the Kings. I, I, I'm interested in how you feel about the Kings this upcoming season. So about the Kings, the last season was pretty impressive for me because they were in the playoffs playing against Golden State Warriors. Warriors is probably top five best teams in the league right now. Probably, I don't know exactly how they play this season, but playing against Golden State last season, they proved that they have a great opportunity to be in playoffs and play not the first round, second round. I think they have a good chance this season. And their roster is pretty good. They have some youngsters, and I think they have a good chance of playing in the playoff and proving that they have to be there. So let's see. I think that Sacramento has a great chance of now he's they are not winning championship, but I think they will play in the playoff. I I feel like they also do have a chance to win the championship. I mean, they made their first playoffs in the last sixteen years, and they were the second seed and had to play against the wor- Had they gotten to the worst situation for a second seed? They had to play the reigning champions, yeah. and they took them to seven which is a very impressive accomplishment in itself. And not only that, they played against the Warriors, led by, obviously, Steph Curry and, Curry. obviously, the core that followed. And uh, not not only that, a lot of the uh, big part of their core, big part of their starting lineup, even their bench, it's a fairly young team. They're obviously led by De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, the dynamic duo. Uh and the fact that they just were the second seed after making the playoffs for the first time in nearly two decades, I feel like that sets them up ridiculously nicely, and they're definitely going to be contending for a championship in the following you following few years, including yeah. the upcoming one. Would you put the uh, what tier would you put the Kings in? I think uh, Kings. Has to stay there and good team. I think they're a good team and they have a chance to play in the playoffs. And as you mentioned, they have a good chance of winning championships. But I think they have to stay in good team. That's my opinion. I feel like that's that's where I do disagree because. Like think about the uh, thing of uh, talking about the last season again, right? They're the second uh, seed. They're going against the reigning champions. Nobody really has any belief in them. They uh, all, a lot of fans were just talking about the how how lucky the Warriors were. They finished as uh, the sixth or seventh seed, and they were playing a team that hadn't made the playoffs in nearly twenty years. And likewise, uh, uh people were calling the Kings unlucky because. They were top three seed and they had to play against the reigning champions. And even it's, if they didn't I win, Sacramento I would say beam. They hold help. That's a big 
fixing for them. And it will help them very much. Yeah, on a more serious note, though, they do have this ridiculous amount of support from Sacramento fans because we know that they were dedicated. We saw in especially game one just how full their arena was, how much just energy, and like you could feel the fact that they had missed that playoff experience. And you can very easily see how much they have their dedicated supporters behind them. And I feel like that's just going to play a ridiculously big role in how the Kings do. So with all things considered, I would put them a tier higher. I would put them at the bottom of has a shot. The next team I would like to discuss is the Miami Heat. And uh, firstly, I want to make a comment about this Miami Heat team. Obviously, they uh, they made the finals as an eighth seed. They lost in five games against the Denver Nuggets, but but especially in the very first round, they beat the Bucks in five, where Giannis, although injured, did play most of the games. And I would just say the Miami Heat are the weirdest team probably <laughs> out, out of all 30 because you just never know what they're going to do. They never really do seem like a threat, especially since Jimmy Butler the, is not like at his best. Maybe he doesn't try. Maybe he's just not as good. Maybe it could, could be a lot of different reasons, but he's just not the same player in the regular season as he's in the playoffs. And I feel like, Pretty much every one or two, or every year, every two years, we get this discussion: is is Jimmy Butler overrated? He's actually not that good, and he comes out in the playoffs, leads them to the finals, and plays a ridiculous level of basketball. So, it's the the toughest one because you know if you do disrespect them, they definitely can prove you wrong. They have this amazing system, even. Even mm, excluding Jimmy Butler here, they have this ridiculously good system that allows young players, role players to flourish. Think Max Struess, think Duncan Robinson, think Tyler Hero. So it, so it, they they could be anywhere from missing the playoffs altogether or they going have, to they the finals have again. Jimmy Butler, which is big player. So, what do you think about them? Uh. Where do you rank them? The issue here is I feel like if I put them too low, I'm definitely going to regret it. <laughs> so, but like, they're obviously not a contender. They're like, their team is simply, I would what the way I would describe this Miami Heat team is unreliable and unpredictable yeah. because you just never know what they're going to do. At their best, they can be absolutely every team in the NBA. But at their worst, they probably lose to every team in the NBA. So this, this is this big range on how they're going to do. And even the regular season doesn't really say much about them. Because since the play-in was introduced, it obviously allows like 10 seeds and 9 seeds mm. to actually make into the playoffs. And they were about two minutes away from missing the playoffs altogether. And they ended up going to the finals. So I would put them at good because... They definitely are, and as they proved, yeah, I think Miami proved... is one of the best team basketball right now. I think because they are just different than all the other teams. They are playing more team basketball for me, personally. 
as a spectator. I guess that's understandable. I mean, yeah, obviously that system that I mentioned, we we know so many people, so many players that simply flourished because they were in on the Miami Heat. Again, the Max Truce example and so many other players even from the past that again Caleb Martin who had some ridiculous games in the playoffs mm-hmm. and we know that he wouldn't play that level of basketball anywhere else so obviously there's Jimmy Butler but he has this weirdly ridiculous supporting cast of seemingly not actually good high level role players but they can deliver at any point in time so i feel like that just a testament to how good the how ridiculously good the Miami Heat organization is in itself but the team i would say the roster i would say it would be good yeah i agree with you i agree uh the next team the golden state warriors oh what was the i'm going to let you talk for this one i'm going to chime in a bit later so what do you think about the golden state warriors and where would you put them mm, i think golden state warriors is probably one of the best teams in the league for about how many years about nine eight years they are playing their basketball stephen curry is one of the best wingers ever um they have now, they now have chris ball which is a which was a great player, but he's still balling, and I think he has a great mentorship, and he will help the team to improve. And I also think that the Golden State has a great chance of winning this championship because you never know what how many three pointers will Steph Curry make. Make so I think that playing Steph Curry and Chris Paul. Um, it's a pretty in- interesting thing because uh, Golden State actually has a a pretty good roster and they have a good good uh opportunity of winning this championship but uh when you're playing against Milwaukee I think uh Steph Curry will not help you that much because Giannis and Jermaine are arguably still still unbeatable and I don't even I don't can't even think who will beat them. But I think Golden State Warriors has a shot of winning the championship this season because they have the best point guard in the league, Mr. Stephen Curry. So I think they can win this championship. The reason why I let you talk first is because I knew I would come out very biased. So <laughs> I wanted to hear your opinion first. But looking at it, obviously, from Warriors fans' perspective, someone who just looks at the team's roster, the news, the injuries, the drama in the locker room, for example, it's going to be a very interesting season. And it's also going to be very, very unpredictable because obviously in 2022, they won the championship led by the amazing season that Steph had. But but something that a lot of people didn't realize is how well built that roster actually was. It was, you wouldn't actually think, we talked about the Miami Heat and how their role players can deliver. That's what the Warriors as role players also did. Obviously, we have the core of Steph Clay and Draymond and Looney, Iguodala, 
But yeah. we had now flourishing Andrew Wiggins, who made his first all-star team that year, and he was also a starter, deservedly or not. He still had a great season. We had Jordan Poole, who just just uh, came into the league as a young guy who just took shots. Saza Pachulia. He's not playing, but he's in management. So. Executive director, yeah. making everything happen. Uh, but um, Paul just turned himself around very unexpectedly when a lot of people didn't even see him being a role player, and he turned out to be one of the best players for the Warriors in that season. Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton II, Nemanja Bielica, and the list does go on. And a lot of people did think that the Warriors had a chance of repeating in 2022-2023 season, this last season. Mm, but a lot of very interesting things took place. Obviously, we have the Draymond Green punch, which messed up the chemistry of, of the team even before the season started, and it didn't help that it was released to, for all the internet to see. But it was also the need for replacement of those role players I just mentioned. They were all slight downgrades. I, I would say more than slight, but some of them did well. I think Dante DiVincenzo. But it was just not as intact and not as ready and not as eager to win. The only person you could see that eagerness in was Steph. There's a reason why he had a ridiculously good season and the team finished six and barely beat the Sacramento Kings, who we talked about a little bit earlier, and then lost to the Lakers. But this season, obviously, that Jordan Poole is traded, that should realistically repair some of the things behind what we know and what we see in the locker room. But the addition of Chris Paul is something that's very conflicting to me. Obviously, Chris Paul, ridiculous player, one of the greatest playmakers of the history of the league, actually, and among the greatest point guards the game has ever seen as well. But he's on the Warriors, and there has there's a fairly long history between Chris, Chris Paul and the Warriors, and the whole fan base had to switch up from just hating him to loving him, and it's been a very interesting transition, to say the least. But simply talking about the player, simply talking about the player, I'm not too sure about the fit. I feel like this is uh, this is going to be a very hit or miss situation because Chris Paul, obviously he got to the Warriors and the plan was to have him as a sixth man as he's definitely past his prime. Some people might even call him Moash, although I don't share that opinion. But he... He not, not only requested, he pretty much demanded that he be a starter, which would mean that the starting five would be Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Clay Great. Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green, which is an ultra-small lineup. We obviously know the Warriors for their undersized team, their small ball that Steph and Clay popularized and won these four championships with. One of the best defender in the league. My personal thoughts about him. He's still great. Mm, the defender and he will defend his basket, I think. 
this season. Uh, but even then, it's very unreliable when you have someone who's six six running the four. So obviously, Kevon Looney played a vital role. Something that a lot of people don't realize. Had multiple series where he had twenty rebounds in a game. Yeah. Although he's six six foot nine, he's among the best rebounders in the league, if not the best rebounder in the league. But, uh, but we're gonna end this episode on this bombshell. Uh, there's just been an uh just been information released that Draymond Green is going to be out for the beginning of the season, anywhere from four to six weeks. So he's probably going to miss the first month of the 23-24 NBA season. And that pretty much changes everything with for the Warriors. If you don't have your best defender, just as you mentioned, yeah. they will have to go big or go home because you don't, can't have an undersized team without your best defender. And they will have to have at least, for example, Kevon Looney in the lineup, maybe Dario Saric in the lineup. And now the discussions about Chris Paul being a starter or not have become significantly more interesting because now it's very arguable. Yeah. The goal when the Warriors first traded for Chris Paul t- was to have this distributor off the bench as this reliable and this reliable level of play, something that Jordan Poole couldn't do. He was he was a shooter first of all and a streaky one so it's very understandable that the Warriors did make this move and I feel like it is a good move uh, but I feel like it's going to be a mistake to run Chris Paul with Steph and Clay, no matter how destructive it is at the very moment I, pro- I don't believe that it's going to last very long even comparing to Milwaukee who have Damon Giannis and, and now Due to Draymond's absence, some of the young guys like Kuminga and Moody will have to step up, yeah. as well as the role players that the Warriors just signed. So, to conclude all of this, in summary, the Warriors are definitely going to have a significantly better season than they had last year. Yeah, But it's still very unpredictable on how they will do. This no, but, this list that we made could be changed in a matter of month. Mil- Milwaukee could drop due to an injury or Damian Lillard wanting out. Phoenix could implode significantly more easily. Denver uh, could could get a lot of injuries as well as they did in the in the Joker MVP years where people were blaming him for not winning with Facundo Campazzo because his main main like right hand and Jamal Murray and left hand and Mike Porter Jr. were injured and the Warriors can implode as well the Lakers which we haven't talked about yet with AD and LeBron there is going to be a time where LeBron is going to be out of his prime even if people don't believe it at this point and I don't think even I do but he is 38 he's going into his 21st season and all these teams that we've talked about, all these contenders, all these teams who have a shot, all these teams that are good, it could change in a matter of weeks and months. And that's what uh, that's what the fun is about the NBA. It's going to start next week. It's going to last until June. And everything could be turned on its head very soon. Thanks for... 
being here, Lasha. And that's Thanks it. Peace.